Hey there, welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, episode 39. Today, Dean and I sit down for our AMA episode, that is Ask Me Anything. Today, specifically, we have chosen three questions from our awesome listeners, and we've actually lumped them into one topic, and that topic is protein. So today, it's all about protein. Ask me anything. We're going to cover these three questions from our awesome listeners, and here's what we're going to discuss. The first thing we're going to discuss is if we're getting enough protein throughout the day. If you don't measure, if you don't weigh your food, how do you know if you get enough protein or if you don't? That's number one. Number two, should we be using a protein powder? Oh, goodness, that question comes up daily in our practices. So we really want to dispel some of the myths, and provide a lot of great information regarding if you're going to use a protein powder, which one? Is it plant-based? Is it animal-based? How do you choose one that will fit your needs? And lastly, number three, we're going to chat about collagen and collagen powder specifically. So collagen is a protein, but we're it's a little bit confusing, and collagen is all the rage. So Dean and I really wanted to have this opportunity to answer this great, great question. So do we need to take collagen? Do we need to take protein powder with it? What is going on with collagen, basically? So we hope you enjoy listening to this AMA episode focusing all about protein. Enjoy, and thank you for your support. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today for our episode. Bob, we're going to call it AMA Ask Me Anything, although we could also call it AUA, Ask Us Anything. So we're continuing our periodic series uh, for addressing our listeners' questions, which are always fantastic. But before we get into that, I'm Dina Griffin. Bob Sibahar, how are you doing this morning Good over morning. there? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing wonderful. I'm actually very much looking forward to this. I, I love our, you know, our questions are uh, from our from our listeners. They just, one, I just love seeing what people are thinking about from nutrition, but two, it's just, you know, I love seeing their reaction to our episodes and, you know, what they want to learn more about. So thanks everyone for sending in your questions. Yes. To, uh, so email hello at insidesportsnutrition.com because as we've mentioned before, we continue to insert these kinds of episodes throughout our other types of interviews and inside scoops and, and all of our other fun things that we have planned, but we do really appreciate all of you amazing people out there sending us cool questions. And as always, there's, there's no dumb question, right, Bob? We, mm. we, uh, accept all, all kinds. Although if you ask, you know, maybe what color of socks I have on or something, I may not, <laughs> I may not be able to address that one in a timely fashion. Well, that would be an interesting spin to try to put nutrition into that one. Right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. Bob. Ooh. Dina. Here's the thing for ask me anything that I yes. thought we should start with. Yeah. What if I ask you a question before we get into our listener questions? Oh, I like it. And then maybe I can deliver the same. Uh-huh. Okay. I like it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought this would be really fun. And ask I'll make me it a, anything. I'll make it a nutrition question. And okay. I haven't okay. told you, you know, what this is, but yeah. Uh my thought was, and I actually did think of this question this morning before yeah. we started our recording. I'm dying to know if you have a favorite summertime fruit. 
Ooh, summertime fruit. That is probably pretty easy. I don't eat it, you know, every single day, but definitely the summertime and the fruit go hand in hand. Watermelon, hands Ooh, down. Ooh, okay. Yep. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Really? Wow. Really? Okay, is that yeah. because it's very water? It's just, well, or... yeah. And you, you kind of know this. I mean, we're both in Colorado, although you're about 3000 feet, more than 3000 feet higher than where I live. And it's just so hot lately. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's not, to me, there's just nothing like watermelon. And even like in some of the ultras I've done, like, you know, you have these aid stations are like, Oh, watermelon. It's just, yeah. it's so satisfying. And obviously for hydration and a little bit of sweet and not, not too much overboard on the sweetness. And that's what okay. I like about watermelon. And I actually put salt on it sometimes, Dina. Ooh, have you ever yeah, tried that? that's I. Yeah. You know what? I have not tried that, but I know it's yeah. a popular thing to do. So. It is amazing on a hot day. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I will be trying that next opportunity. And okay. thank you for you know satisfying my own fruit curiosity yes, about Bob yeah. Seabar. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my curiosity that I've had for quite some time, and I don't think I've ever asked you this. And this is nutrition related. Okay. And and I know listeners would want to know the answer to this because they hear reference to your morning cup of go go juice, your sidekick in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. And Which so I I've always. Here. You do have, yes, mm -hmm. right. And it's it's a morning thing, right? Every every podcast we have, and sometimes you reference it, sometimes you don't, but I always see it there, right? Because we, yeah. we each other when we do these podcasts. I have been just so eager to know what is your coffee routine, right? You know how some people have routine, like my wife has this routine with her coffee. So what's yeah. your routine with coffee? Well, I will say one of the most important aspects of the routine is picking the coffee mug. Oh, interesting. That aligns with the mood of the morning. Okay. I've never heard that to be honest with you, but really? I get it. I've just never heard of it, but I totally get it. I mean, our cabinet where we keep the coffee mugs is probably ridiculous because yeah. there's 400 fold more coffee <laughs> mugs than we need for a household of two plus and a dog. And you use like three or four of them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do have my favorites, uh, but that will be the very first part of the routine. However, Bob, this is important to know nine times out of 10, you know, when I'm not traveling, I will set the coffee machine the night before because oh. we don't want to be waiting for right. coffee. That's when, the last thing. I mean, we got to get to it in the morning. So that stuff <laughs> needs to be ready to roll. And I need to be waking up with the smell yes. of the coffee, kind of like that old yeah. Folgers commercial. Yeah, so I just dated yeah. myself. You did. Do you, um, do you have a coffee maker that you can actually set? Like it's a remote? Okay. Oh, well, or on, no, or it's on got a timer? the little program thing. Yeah. yeah okay. So, okay. so those are a couple important aspects. But yeah, other than the coffee mug selection, you yeah. know, yeah. at home, that's really important. Uh, but I mean, I'll put some half and half. I don't measure that. I just do a okay. little slash. Yep put it in the right mug to start yeah. the morning and then, you know, smile and be very grateful for my first cup of coffee. I love it. And you but just cherish it, right? I do. The first yeah. one is highly cherished. Yeah. And then beyond that, I mean, I did have a routine for a while, like going to a certain place, right. you know, to right. do some writing, but that, yeah. that ebbs and flows. So right. there's, yeah. there's a touch of the routine. Okay. I love it. I love it. Now our listeners have peeked into our worlds a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for imbibing or 
what is that a word imbibing it is i'm not sure if that's the right word evidently i didn't have enough (laughs) coffee or too much i'm not sure yeah so it's still kind of early bob for our ama today we're centered around protein type of questions because we got a number of them come into our email and our instagram so do you want to start us off with our first question yeah. And, and this is, I love this because it kind of piggybacks on our last episode where we interviewed Dr. Stu Phillips, uh, arguably one of the best protein researchers in the world. And mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, in literally in the world. So hopefully that kind of sparks some questions from our listeners and, and we love it. So yeah, we do have a few questions that we want to get to. And again, all protein related. So first one that we received, <laughs> how do you ensure that we're getting enough protein in the meals or snacks, and I'll just add that in snacks also, without having to weigh or measure food or protein yeah. sources. So that's a big one, right? I mean, I won't say I get that question a lot because a lot of people, I feel like if, if people do measure their food or weigh their food, they're not telling me right away. Like I have to, I have to ask about it and, and ask about their habits and, and behaviors, but it's a good question because here's the thing, Dina, I think a lot of times, you know, we read things and it says, oh, have 25 grams, have 0.3 grams per kilogram of body weight. And yeah. like you and I navigate that, but I think we try to deliver more of a sustainable, more of a simple message to our listeners and to our athletes we work with, because honestly, who do, who wants to weigh food? I mean, do you weigh food? You know, now and then, well, yeah. so if I'm doing a bakes good, I will mm-hmm. weigh some of those ingredients, okay. right? But yeah. for oh, yeah. just general, to, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, now and then I might weigh a piece of protein because I want to make sure I am getting enough, just like this question. And if it's a type, like if it's an animal protein, let's say mm-hmm. that I haven't had in a while or like a different kind of fish, um, I want to make sure sh- I'm kind of just like eyeballing. Well, mm-hmm. let's see how to say this. And it ties to the question, like, weighing it on a food scale cooked yeah, to then lock it into the brain. Like, oh, wow, this is only whatever, two and a half ounces of cooked. I want right, to add more. Right. And so it's just kind of locking the visual with what the scale says from yeah. the objective measurement or weight and then adjusting based on the day or mm. the hunger level or whatever. Okay. But it's okay. infrequent that I would would weigh. And to your point, it is a pain in the butt to do that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, maybe, maybe there was a food science class somewhere in my education with my nutrition degree where I may have weighed something, Okay, but I have it's never, been a while then. it's been a while. I mean, I cannot <laughs> remember if, if that helps, but, but to the, to our listeners question, this is a great question. I don't feel like you necessarily have to weigh. And in, in fact, then you get into the whole, do you weigh raw? Do you weigh once it's cooked? If it's an mm-hmm. animal based protein, it, there's a lot of, of, I think, confining factors there. Right. So yeah. From my standpoint, as we've talked about in, you know, metabolic efficiency training episodes that we've discussed, you know, I'm, I'm all about the hand model and, yeah. you know, just to give, you know, athletes, uh, listeners, a, a primer on that. If you haven't heard that before, obviously you can go back and listen to our metabolic efficiency training podcast episodes. Um, we've actually had a, f- a couple of them now, but I actually developed this hand model way back when based on numbers. Right. So I, you know, cause we know there's a certain amount of protein that is usually, there's a range that's usually recommended for most adults. Let's just Mm -hmm. put it that way. 
what I did was I tried to put that into an easy to use model that didn't have to weigh, like didn't, didn't require a measurement device. Mm -hmm. And that's where I came up with the hand. And then, you know, as, as we know, the hand is somewhat qualified by the, the body size, right? So it gets as close as what I'm saying. So if normally what I say for meals, if you can have a handful of a protein source and there's a little bit of wiggle room, we know, and we probably should talk about plant-based here in a second, mm-hmm. but if it's animal protein, a piece of chicken, fish, steak, beef, pork, I mean, whatever it is, if you can fill your hand with protein and no, it doesn't matter how thick the cut of the meat is. Um, it's just like, that's the wiggle room. You just mm-hmm. need to make sure that it covers roughly the size of your hand. You will ensure that you're getting enough protein for that meal. Now, here's the thing though, you may need more. Like, right. And that's what I've been seeing with a lot of athletes is that's maybe we start with one hand and, you know, depending on their training cycle, depending on their developmental stage, female, male sport, what they're trying to do, body weight, body composition, even from a strength perspective, we certainly might need more protein at certain times. So yeah, during a meal, that's what I recommend. Maybe one hand plus, right. For snacks, I just reduce that by 50%. I think that's the easiest way. We don't want to overdo snacks. We don't want to, unless you know, people are skipping meals for snacks, but, you know, I think it's Mm -hmm. a really easy thing that, you know, half a hand of protein for snacks, full hand of protein for meals, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. And, and a couple of things I'm just going to reiterate or pull out from what you just said, and I'm going to, I'm going to steal your line back in the day, back in the day, I did it, it. I did did it, it. but we, I'm going to check the box. Okay. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) you know, it was like, eat a palm full of protein. Yes. And maybe that's uh. a good reference for some people, but we're mm-hmm. active and athletic individuals here. And we know, especially if you did hear that podcast with Stu Phillips, episode number 37, mm-hmm. um, we do benefit in various ways from more protein. So that handful that you're mm-hmm. referring to is not just the palm. Correct. It's, it's the whole thing. Yeah. So everyone listening, open up your hand right now, like from tip of finger to base of palm, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For and, the and visual. You know, I- I think a lot of people forget meals. too, Dina, like you and I are fairly similar in, in age. And here's the thing, like we're all aging, right? I mean, we're yeah. not talking about the young athlete in this episode. Like once you hit your twenties, we are all aging and there are certain mm-hmm. times and, and obviously more towards the thirties, forties, fifties and beyond. But Stu said it too, Dr. Phillips said it like as we age and, and we've seen a couple of research papers to confirm this, that we actually need more protein as we age. So yeah. that's why maybe, I, you know, I'm getting more comfortable these days with adults saying, start with a handful, a full hand of protein yeah. and add accordingly, right? You, right? you may have to add on to that handful. And, and it, I mean, let me just tag on what you said too. It does depend on your satiety, right? Yeah. I mean, how full are, are you? Are you hungry in the next hour or is that doing it for you for, right. for you know, three or four hours? Yeah. Right, Jen. And, you know, I'm just, we're going back and forth here, but yes, the hand size should correlate to your body size. Mm -hmm. And if we had to quantify, you know, in grams of protein, what that hand amount would be, it's probably going to be in that range, maybe on the low end of 20 grams of protein, Mm -hmm. upwards of maybe 35, 40 grams, depending, but we should talk about plant proteins. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's put that in because we know we are very supportive of plant proteins, uh, very supportive plant-based meals, um, even the lifestyle for sure, depending on the person. So 
yeah, where do we start with this one, right? I know, thinking of, well, we've got to know what our plant proteins are, which mm-hmm. most of our vegetarian, vegan followers should or would know. Uh, you know, our legumes, maybe we put a few of the whole grains in there, nuts yeah. and seeds, mm-hmm. uh, tofu and things. Um, I think if it's a, I mean, I, I still think the hand amount is a good starting point. Like you said, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think there's, I, and Stu Phillips said this also, he confirmed that, you know, with, with our plant-based athletes, you will have to consume more, more. because to get the relative or to get the same amount of protein that you would get from animal products, the consumption of food should probably increase to be able to have more quality protein in terms of that absolute amount. So yeah. st- probably start with a hand, um, but knowing you probably may have to go up to that two hands, right? right. To get the same amount of protein. You know, this reminds me of another question that one of my athletes asked not long ago, which was a really good question. Like, well, what if we've got mixed meal? You know, if you think of the stew or the casserole Mm -hmm. or the bowl and all the stuff's already thrown into it, you know, with vegetables and whatever else, avocado, how do I estimate when it's all mixed together? It's a tough one. What do you tend to recommend there, Bob? Pick out each protein source and put it in your hand. No, I'm just, I'm totally (laughs) kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Actually, there's a, there's an easy workaround uh, that I give athletes all the time. And it, and it's, it's a little bit of a behavior change paradigm shift. A lot of people don't understand it at first, but if, if you are building that, like, and I'm not talking about going out because you don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of control over that, but if you're building that bowl or stew or whatever it is that you're making, what you do is in your bowl or plates or however you're consuming that you try to put the protein source in first, mm-hmm. right? So, yep. so as you're making it, cause then you'll know what goes in, right. In a yeah. prox, like if I'm making a stew or a soup or whatever, you know, you put your broth in obviously, cause you're not going to just put, you know, beans in first or whatever. Um, but make sure then like if you're putting beans or legumes or, or anything in there, make sure you're getting enough of that first. Yeah. Then you start adding your vegetables and, and anything else. So that I think is the key thing is you start with enough of the plant-based protein source and that doesn't come afterwards because right. then you don't know. And then it's all about scooping out a certain amount, but re- relatively yeah. speaking, if you have a good amount of those plant-based proteins in first, you know, your chances are pretty high when you do scoop it out that relatively speaking, you're going to get a, a good amount of protein. Does yeah. That make sense. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We have to start somewhere. It won't be a hundred percent perfect yeah. each time. Right. I mean, and if we're following a recipe that does provide the nutritional breakdown, we can use some of the quantitative mm-hmm. guidelines appropriate to the individual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we have to get a sense. I mean, we can just think about, all right, does this recipe or what I'm making, what are the proteins? And then, like you said, if we can, somewhat separate what those components are from a quantity perspective and then serve ourselves in a a good amount, at least for a starting point. Exactly. And if you're hungry, you know, you can always like on the side, like you you can have a side of whatever it is, plant-based protein, you know, so you can, you can even mix like a little bean salad if you want and put a lot of different, so you can, you can always utilize the sides that we usually think of as vegetables, which Mm -hmm. is totally fine too, but Mm -hmm. that's where you can add a lot more of those plant-based proteins also. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Well, hopefully that helped 
for that particular question. Thank you to Athlete Blood Test for sponsoring this episode. Athlete Blood Test provides individualized, athlete-specific blood analysis to really hone in your unique nutrition, training, and recovery needs. Check them out over at athletebloodtest.com, and you can save 15% off your next panel by using the code ISN22. So no matter whether you're running your first marathon or your 15th ultra marathon, Athlete Blood Test can help you reach your goals. And another one that came in from uh, Tom, he asked, should I be using protein powder? And if so, which one? And how do you choose? Holy moly. I know this protein powder is huge topic. This is a big question. For for it being like a sentence long question, it is a huge question. Huge and very complex, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Because I think in- yeah, in, in our minds as sport dietitians, you know, obviously we check the boxes first and say, let's look at your daily nutrition first. Let's let's look at what foods you're consuming that have protein. So your animal proteins, your plant-based proteins, <clears throat> once we understand where those are coming from and if there are deficiencies in food-based proteins, obviously we'll work to fix that. We'll work to improve that. That's when I then start utilizing the the protein powders, if they are necessary, are they necessary with every individual? I firmly believe the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Are they beneficial? Absolutely. Right. But it, yeah. it really does depend on the person, but I think we need to st- step back first and say, well, am I actually eating enough food-based proteins first? Cause I never want that athlete or that individual just to jump to a protein powder and, and try to kind of short themselves on, on protein-rich foods because you get so many nutrients, so many additional nutrients from protein-rich foods that you'll miss in some protein powders. It's not just about the protein, right? Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So first step is seeing what do you have for protein intake through other sources? Um, mm-hmm. Are you getting them in each meal? Mm-hmm. And where are you at? So so that can be helpful. Just keeping a journal or whatever format to, to actually see, you know, how right. much or where and when, Yeah. um, as far as determining then the insertion or addition of protein powder, gosh, I mean, for some people it can be a convenience item, but then again, are we using that as an excuse because right. we're too, whatever, lazy or time strapped to put in mm-hmm. some other whole food source. But I think there can be definitely a time for those of us with really busy schedules or we have a big training day um, to to throw that protein powder either into another meal like a uh-huh. smoothie or adding it to a yogurt bowl or oats bowl or something right. um, or putting it separately, you know, just mix with water or not, you know, some sort of liquid um, to help with getting in what is needed for that day. Yeah. I think it's a good ally to be honest with you. I mean, I consume protein powder quite frequently to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I mean, all the reasons you said, like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was resonating with me because I'll have, you know, either just like a scoop or two of protein powder with, with some milk, sometimes some nut, if I'm going to be in meetings and I know I'm not going to be able to eat, but I could drink. You know what I mean? Or if I'm going to be walking around and I literally do not have access to food, I'm walking around. I do a lot of of collegiate athlete nutrition. And if I'm walking around campus or whatever, and I just know that 
I will not be able to physically chew food yeah. based on the day or the few hours. So I think it does have some, some really good um, opportunities. And like, you know, the, this morning, just to kind of peek into, you know, a day in Bob's life. <clears throat> I mean, I started my day with one of my favorite breakfasts, which included eggs uh, and peanut butter. So great protein sources right there. I get, I get, you know, enough protein in the morning, but you know, I knew my, after that, I knew my morning was going to be um, a little busy, right? I wasn't going to mm-hmm. be able to have the opportunity to eat. So I did make a protein shake, if you will. And all I did was almond milk and protein powder. It's sitting next to me right now. I yep. sip on it. Cause I know for three to four hours, I'm not going to have an opportunity to eat anything. Exactly. Right. So I think there are, there are some good places to use it. I, I think the, the biggest thing though, Dina is, you know, what do we like, what kind? Oh my gosh. Yeah. What How type? do we choose I mean, a protein powder? Yeah. Is it animal-based? Is it plant-based? I think you can have, you have benefits of both. This is, I mean, let's, I mean, if you're going to ask me back me in the corner, I, I do believe that whey protein, con, whey protein isolate is probably one of the better ones. If you're going to consume an animal-based protein, I really mm-hmm. do. It's fast acting. It's fast absorbing. I do believe that there's a time and a place for casein protein, which mm-hmm. is a, a milk protein also, um, as is whey. Um, and just to let people know, I mean, animal, animal protein, if we're talking about milk, milk is usually 80% casein, 20% whey. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when you do have animal-based or, or dairy-based protein sources, that's kind of what you're looking at. Now, casein is great because it's a slower acting protein, right? So usually we're, the norm is, is having athletes having casein a little bit later in the day before bedtime to help uh, with net, mo- net, net muscle protein synthesis during the evening hours. But, you know, when it comes to those animal-based, I think it's, I think it's pretty easy, right? It's, it's whey or casein for the most part, right? Yeah. Those are my top two. Yeah. I think the confusing part is plant-based. Yeah. So that's the, oh my gosh, now we have soy and brown rice and pumpkin seed and pea protein and a plethora hemp. hemp. I mean, that is where I think it's, gets more confusing, right? I think we kind of have the message with the animal protein powders Yeah. with the plant-based. Now we need to look at, I mean, we know soy protein powder is pretty efficient in delivering a lot of the essential amino acids. And that's again, Mm -hmm. what Dr. Stu Phillips told us on episode 37, you know, we really need to look at those essential amino acids, the ones that our body does not make. And, you know, we know soy is pretty high. And in that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't do soy, right? Right, So, so then you're like, okay, now, which one, I I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to pass the baton off to you in a second, but I have to tell you, I've tried a lot of these plant-based and some of them, Dina, they just taste like dirt. Yeah. Right. Some of them taste decent, but some dirt of them just or dirt. cardboard dirt yeah. or exactly. Yeah. Gritty dirt. Yeah. yeah. So, Different so levels the, of dirt. I know. <laughs> so then you're like, oh, I'll just throw it in a smoothie. And I've done that before. And it still like tastes like dirt. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I would recommend is looking at the ingredient list yes. and, and I think Dr. Stu said this in our episode 37, um, the isolate form, if we're talking yes. about plant protein. So if your label and the ingredients say pea protein versus pea isolate, mm-hmm. I would say the more often you can choose the isolate forms, you're just getting, you know, that pure protein versus some of the other fiber components or some of the other aspects of the food or the food source. Right. Um, and then, and then, well, we have the taste and palatability issue, of course, right, Bob, because I can't say for sure that one pea isolate that's blended with 
you know, brown rice and 400 other ingredients is right. going to taste better or worse than the other, you know, brands that are out yeah. there. So some of it is experimentation, but it really is. You know, I feel like the, the animal-based protein powders, they're a lot easier in the flavor profile, right? Yeah. I, Cause I haven't yeah. tried too many dis not discount, not, I haven't tried too many animal based like whey or casein that tastes mm -hmm. like dirt. Right. I think, yeah. I think it's just easier for the food scientist to get yeah. that flavor profile. Yeah. yeah. So a few things we could look at the label, how much protein is being provided per serving, because some of those products are very costly and they're chalking, you know, many other as many other, um, elements into the protein powder, like caffeine or other stimulants mm -hmm. or other ingredients, other, blah, blahs. Yeah. Um, so check how much protein. And then I think just trying to keep, if we are truly looking for a protein powder, you know, we don't need a bunch of proprietary right. ingredients or proprietary blends uh -huh. if we're trying to save a few nickels as well. But, I think um, do you, thing... Yeah. Oh, do you oh. have a favorite Bob, as far as uh -huh. uh, plants uh, blends like a pea and a hemp or a pea and a you know, I, I really don't, to be honest with you, I just have not found that. And I don't want to call it ideal. Um, I just want to, I want to call it more taste worthy, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. I, some of them, like I can consume anything, but some of them are, are a lot easier to consume, meaning mm -hmm. the taste is a little bit better, but I've not found that one yet. Now I think yeah. some companies, some of the companies out there are doing great jobs, like with their blends, but <clears throat> I think it just, it, it kind of comes down to the taste preferences for a lot of our listeners, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. and, you know, another thing I would say is um, keep in mind with plant-based proteins, some of them do have higher carbohydrates also. So we kind of need to look at that on the label. Like if you're trying to yeah. get a protein powder for mostly protein, which is why we use animal-based proteins, some of these plant-based, not all, I mean, some of these companies are doing a really good job, but some of them you'll find like, you know, eight to 10 grams of carbohydrate per serving in, in you with 15 to 20 grams of protein. And, and that's not a bad thing, but just, you know, buyer beware, if you're only looking for a predominant source of protein, you need to keep in mind what the carbohydrate content is also. Yeah. Yeah. And another, I have one more thing before we leave this question. So go ahead. Dean. I know. Well, no, you go ahead. Bob. Okay. I am just on the soapbox lately. So you know how many supplements are out there and protein powder is a supplement. We mm -hmm. qualify it as a supplement. Here's, here's my thing. I'm going to get on my soapbox and then you can knock me off. There are, you know, when we work with collegiate professional Olympic athletes, these guys and girls really need to pay particular attention to the supplements that they put in their body. They need to make sure that they're third party tested for yeah. contamination of steroids and just other weird ingredients. So there are two main um, sources or companies in the world that do this. And those are called NSF certified for sport mm -hmm. and informed sport. So for us, normal, you know, recreational athletes, you may say, oh, that's not important to me. Well, here's the thing, Dina, you know, we use supplements in my household with myself, my wife, my kids, all of our supplements are either NSF certified or informed choice or informed sport. Why? Because those make, I, those ensure that there's no nasty foreign ingredients. So basically what's on the label is in the product. And I feel that every recreational athlete needs to consider that before just getting something off the shelf at their local grocery store. Yeah. yeah. It does provide some sense of security and safety and purity. 
It does. Yeah. Oh. So in its in it's fairly easy listeners because you just most of the companies that actually utilize they they spend money to send their product to these companies to have tested uh, very non-biasedly. And if they pass, they're allowed to use the logos on their bottles or on their whatever. Right. Um, so it's very easy for us as consumers to identify. So mm -hmm. if you do have more questions about that, you know, obviously reach out to Dina and I, but I think that's really important for us normal, you know, athletes yeah. or individuals for health and fitness to, to make sure that we're choosing those supplements. Yeah. Good, Bob. Well, geez, our, love for uh, plant proteins will continue. So Absolutely. stay tuned for future. Yes. <laughs> um, maybe in the few minutes we have, Bob, uh, Julie wanted to know about collagen protein. Is that enough protein? Does she need protein powder with collagen or how to mm. sort that piece out? I love talking about collagen. You know why? Because oh. it's so confusing. Yes, we do Is need a, a whole collagen episode and a couple researchers to help us out with uh, diving into the science as well. We, we will, we we should, and we will, yep. because did you know that there are sixteen different types of collagen, and that's what starts the confusing mm -hmm. process, right? Because we don't yes. know why we're taking it. So I would I would turn it back and say the easiest way to start this answered for Julie's question, great question, is why are you using collagen? What yes. is the purpose? Because using collagen versus protein powder are a little bit different in terms of, of the why behind it. Right. Yes. Yeah. I will say generally, I do not even count that in one's mm -hmm. daily protein intake. If I am right. looking quantitatively or qualitatively yeah. for athletes, I will say, Ooh, you know, okay, that's a separate conversation. Yes. Even though we can have <laughs> the same conversation, but collagen protein, I, we'll call more of a bonus. And then, yeah, of course, why are we using it? Is it the right type? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it, I would say generally it's not counted towards yeah. what I would say is your daily protein needs. Right. I, I like looking at it like this and, and, you know, an easy answer to Julie's question is collagen and protein powder have different amino acid profiles, mm -hmm. right? So proteins break down into amino acids. Your body uses these amino acids for many things. I mean, DNA repair and synthesis, um, bone health, enzyme production and enzyme uh, use. So there are different, uh, different, I guess, forms of, of what are not different forms, different reasons why we're using this. So collagen actually does not have the same essential or the same amino acid profile does than protein powder does. Collagen is typically lower in leucine. Leucine, as we learned, you know, again, we're kind of referencing our episode 37. Leucine is very important for muscle protein synthesis. So usually we use collagen for skin, hair, nails, maybe tendons and ligaments, right? To support that. Whereas protein powder, we're, we think of protein powder as muscle or satiety, right? So it's to your point, like, should you count collagen? Well, you can, if you want, but it's functioning differently in the body and the use is different. So yeah. if you're thinking, should I use collagen or protein powder? I would say, depending on your goals, you might want to think about using both because mm -hmm. they have different functions in the body. Yes. And when we were talking about protein powders, this ties together because you want to check the ingredients. What is the source of the protein yes. in your protein powder? Because a lot of companies will say this you know, this protein bar or this protein shake, and you look at the ingredients and it's collagen as a source right. of protein. So we may right. not be getting the quality of the protein yes. that we're looking for. Yep. So listen, athletes, I think, I think collagen goes a long way. It really does, but so does protein powder. 
right? Yeah. So I, I really do believe that, especially uh, for the aging athletes, um, for sure, I think both make total sense. Um, I do recommend collagen for some of my younger athletes who maybe are going through some injury states, uh, depending on the type of injury. So I, I think there is a time and a place for that. But I do yeah. think, and I'm not going to set an age to it, but I do think as we get older, Dina, I think we would all benefit from having different types of collagen, whether through yeah. food, which is right. difficult, but it's doable, or through a powder. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good, Bob. I think we should wrap it up there for now. That was a fun one. All about protein. Protein. One yes. of our favorite topics. It really is, isn't it? So uh, yes. Thank you for all of the questions from our listeners. Hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. Keep them coming or on our Instagram. ISN podcast is the handle over there. And for now, Bob, uh, I guess we'll just sign out and we'll be we'll be uh, looking forward to our next episode. Which will be great. Don't forget to listen and don't forget to subscribe. Well, thanks for listening to episode 39, our AMA, Ask Me Anything, All About Protein episode. Hope you enjoyed the chit chat and the question and answer that Dina and I sat down during this episode. In our next episode, episode 40, we get to sit down and have a nice, nice discussion with Dr. Garrett Rock. He is the owner and founder of Athletes Blood Test, and we chat about biomarkers and biomarker testing. We roll up our sleeves, get down into it, and really start to ask some great questions. Dr. Rock provides some fantastic, fantastic information for us. And he's just such a delight to talk to. So we hope you uh, enjoy that next episode. Stay tuned for that. If you do have a sport nutrition question that you would like Dean and I to address on a future episode, maybe in a future AMA episode, just send us an email. Hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. Be sure to include your name and your question and we'll absolutely answer that. We would love your support in promoting our podcast. If you are digging what we're doing and it's beneficial, all of our nice real life strategies are useful in what you do and helping you improve your health and performance. We would love you to give us a five-star rating, go to your favorite podcast platform, do that, submit a review. It really helps us grow share our content with other listeners around the world. Certainly appreciate that. If you do want to learn more about what Dina and I do regarding nutrition coaching, physiological testing, and biomarker testing, you can reach us at energyperformance.com. That is Bob at energyperformance.com. And you can grab Dina at nutritionmechanic.com. So we certainly appreciate all of your support and we look forward to the next episode with you. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host and the guest involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only. 